Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Drioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright, everyone. I, uh, I'm here, I'm back, and I'm in a, a pretty unique situation, in two ways, actually. So, the first, and probably the most uh, strange, at least for me, is that I am recording this episode in bed. Uh, that's that's correct, you did, you did hear that. Normally I record it at a desk, which is much more professional, and I have a you know, a little swivel chair, and all my stuff is set up there, and that's how I recorded most of this podcast. But tonight, I decided to be lazy, it's pretty late, and I know that this is a thing. Uh, I I don't know why it's a thing, but I, I figured I might as well try it, because where else is more comfortable? So uh, that's what I'm, I'm doing right now. I'm laying in bed uh, with the microphone up to my face, so we'll see how long this lasts before I get tired of it. Okay. Um, anyway, the other other strange occurrence that's that's happening this episode is that I'm actually talking about a movie I didn't like. Now listen, I am uh, I'm not have not having anything against spreading positivity and and liking things. I I really uh, you know I really like liking things. It's honestly more fun, but I do feel like for for like more interesting episodes, I think that I need to introduce some variety sometimes. And obviously, I don't set out to hate a movie. I don't, I don't go into it with my mind made up, like I'm going to love it or I'm going to hate it. I mean, unless it's something I've seen before, then I have a pretty good idea of of what I'll feel about it. But in this case, I was actually kind of ex well excited isn't the right word, but I guess relieved to have a movie I didn't like because I feel like this has been a a bit of a rinse, water down, repeat of of every time I, uh, every time I record an episode, I'm talking about something I think is amazing or genius, or even if it's a bad movie like Commando, I'm still like, but it's a lot of fun, and I'd recommend you watch it. So I'm actually glad to have something that I I, I didn't really like, which sounds weird and and kind of backwards, but I think it'll make for a more interesting episode and a, a break from from a lot of the stuff I've been talking about recently, because I think it's valuable to take a look at a movie that I don't particularly like and examine why I didn't like it and what I think could have been improved, because I like to fancy myself a critic, and criticisms can be one of the most valuable and impactful things in art and in cinema. So with all that said, uh, let's do this. So I was actually really excited to see this movie, which which was kind of weird because I'm not a huge uh, Universal monster movie fan. I like horror movies fine. I've, I've watched a few, and in the early days of this podcast, that's honestly a lot of what I talked about, which I didn't even intend to happen. It just kind of shook out that way. My first ever episode, I talk about Scream. And uh, I like to catch a horror movie now and again. If there's like a classic I haven't seen yet, I, I tend to go out of my way to try to check it out. So I feel like I'm... I'm as well-versed as I want to be in the classic franchises like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and, and whatnot, but uh, I do try to keep my distance from Friday the 13th because I don't think it's very good, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm just kind of setting the stage for my taste in, in horror and my threshold for the genre. Uh, I will say... Maybe people could drop some recommendations, but nothing really scares me. I think usually what scares me isn't doesn't even happen 
during the movie, if at all. Uh, it's usually afterwards when I kind of picture, like, what would it be like if suddenly my life turned into a horror movie? Because I think one of the most fascinating things about stories like that is you never know when it's going to be a bad day. And that's true of real life as well. You never know when one day could send your life spiraling out of control and completely change everything. Like, that's just an interesting idea to me. And I like movies that explore the days leading up to something catastrophic. I just think that's an interesting perspective to take. So I think that that's probably the scariest thing about horror movies to me. The the ones that I like is just imagining, like, what would it be like if, for instance, us, when I'm up late at night and no one else is awake and it's it's pretty dark and I'm kind of, I don't know, I go down to get water or something. And I'm like, what if, what if? There was a tiny version of me running around on all fours with horrific uh, facial burns and like a mask. Like, what what would that be like? That would be insane. And that kind of gets under my skin. But it's nothing that like I don't know incapacitates me or like prevents me from from getting that water. So I don't know. I I try to to just kind of rationalize it for what it is. And and seeing a lot of movies and knowing how they do a lot of those things. It does certainly help because it gives me a degree of distance between the film's reality and my reality. I think that really helps. But if people could drop movies in the comments, that I think that would be like actually scary, scary. That would be really cool. I'd be totally down for that. Uh, in the same way that it's really hard to have a good comedy, I think it's really hard to have a good horror movie. A lot of it just boils down to tropes and things you've seen uh, again and again. And so I think it's cool to. Uh, it's cool to, to have something that would be really, really great example of, of the genre. So if, if you have any ideas, please tell me. I'm definitely open to them because while I enjoy horror movies and I and I like them when I watch them, uh, I'm never really scared by them. And that was definitely true of this. And I think even more so than, um, than others because there's nothing really to latch onto. And like the suit, I guess, is sort of scary, but not really. And so you could think like, oh, well, he could be anywhere, which is definitely the creepiest thing about the movie. And honestly, I think my favorite part was that very much like the first Halloween movie, you're constantly searching the frame for him and like trying to see if anything's off or anything's got like a crease or an indentation in it or something that could give you a clue that he's there. But I think that, um, I think that that detached me a little bit because you know even even though in theory i should i should turn off my tv and walk out into the hallway and be like he could literally be right next to me and i, w- and I wouldn't know but i mean like there's so many places and it can't be everywhere like i don't know if that makes any sense but something about like not seeing anything made it less scary to me which i think is is weird i feel like it should be in reverse but watch tonight i'm gonna have like a terrible nightmare where there's like a bunch of invisible men everywhere and now that i said that it's definitely definitely gonna happen but anyway um i will say that i i said earlier about how i I like to read up on movies and like study how they're made and stuff and that gives me a disconnect sometimes but i think sometimes it can help me enjoy things a little bit more so besides the fact that um I like that you're searching the frame and there's kind of a sense of unease throughout the whole movie. 
I I also like the fact that um, that I was genuinely amazed about how they did did a lot of the stuff, how the effects look so convincing, and how everything looks pretty clean and and pretty seamless for the most part, especially on such a small budget, which. I think is probably the what's most impressive about it. I don't think I could have thought my way out of a lot of these, like uh, the logistics of how you would get a lot of this done. I don't think I could have thought that through. Um, so I, I was impressed by that. And then uh, I did also like the performances. I thought there was, wasn't really any weak links in particular. I thought everybody was good. The kid was good, which so rarely happened. So that was an, a nice surprise. I think all the characters, while I don't think they were written very well, a lot of these lines are super cliched and are like super tropey. Um, I mentioned before one of my pet peeves is when someone will call another person by their title, like if it's a relative. So it'll be like, I don't know, sis, or, or hey, little brother. God, I, I really, really hate that because no one talks like that. Uh, another one is the line, specifically the line, I failed you, because no one says that. Uh, there's a moment in the in the, this movie where the cop friend goes, oh, I failed you. And I'm like, no one says that, and no, you didn't. Except for that you didn't believe her, which was one of the most excruciating things about this movie. Now listen, I think it's it's obviously designed to work that way. He's supposed to make her look crazy, and a lot of these cases he does, but I think that some of this just kind of comes down to pure incompetence. There's the degree of paranoia that he, you know, he could be anywhere, but she stashes the suit in the house. Why would you do that? Why would you not take it with you? There's no reason not to take it with you. There's absolutely no reason. The dog is distracting him. She gets past him anyway. If she was holding the suit, she could have proved everything that happened. She could have put it on, and then she could have, um, she could have, like, proven that she was right, and that she wasn't completely crazy, and, like, yeah, maybe he's there following her, and, like, kills a couple people, but I just don't feel like it's realistic that he could follow her everywhere, and she would never know, like, how did he get to his house without that guy noticing? I'm assuming there's only one entrance, and whatever, if you really want to get down to logistics for a lot of this movie, you would just break your brain, because it, it just can't make sense, but I think that was really frustrating for me. A lot of the times I was just feeling like, well, A, why wouldn't you believe her? And B, why wouldn't you, the main character, just act more rationally? And I think that's obviously something that a lot of people experience with horror movies because you would like to think that you would be braver and more competent in a situation. Uh, unfortunate as it would be that you would be in it, I don't know, man. A lot of this stuff just got to a point where I was like, okay, there's no way there's not security cameras in that restaurant. And there's also no way that that people didn't see that very clearly unnatural move that happened. Like, it looks magnetic. You can't do that. You can't just do that. And then, um, I, I don't know. I just like, he's a cop, right? There's no reason that you can't bring him in and be like, listen, I know you think I'm crazy, but will you please, please just listen to me? Will you please like look for footprints or whatever? Will you test this stuff that, you know, there, there are very easy ways around that. And then another very unnatural move. And, and maybe I missed something, maybe it got lost in translation or 
I blanked or whatever, but he hits her, the Adrian, the guy, he's in the suit, right? He hits the little girl in the, in the room when she comes in and, uh, what's her name? I think it's, is it, uh, uh, Elizabeth Moss' character, Elizabeth Moss's character is crying, and which is actually one of my favorite scenes was that shot and everything, but, um, he hits her, the little girl, and she falls over and everything, but then she says, she hit me, which, again, it's possible that I, I'm getting this wrong, and so I don't totally feel super clear on this, but I don't think he moved her hand. He didn't move Elizabeth Moss's hand to punch that girl. Like, he just hit that girl, and then she turns around and says, you know, she hit me, and then, I don't know, just a lot of the stuff I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like there are so many easier ways around this. Like, you have a cop. You have an in. Like, you... Why would you not just... Why would you not just show him all this stuff? Or at least take pictures of it. Or take video. There's no way that you wouldn't do that. And then speaking of phone stuff, she calls the cop guy and tells him, you need to get home. Your daughter's in danger, right? Okay. Why is his immediate next move not to call his daughter even if he thinks she's crazy, and even if he doesn't believe her, which at that point in the movie he's on board with what she's saying, why would you not call your daughter? You know, wake her up, tell her to get out of the house, whatever. Like, it, that has to be your first move, because then she's just kind of like sleep in there, and you know, she starts to get like strangled and stuff, and I'm like, why? You could so easily negate that, just call her, just call her. And then you know, he walks in and she's like clearly like freaking out and flailing on the ground. And he's just like, are you okay? Like, no, no, she's not okay. It's like just a lot of the way these characters are written, it just makes them seem inept. And it, it really took me out, especially like the, some of the cops at the end. Like they just keep running in from the same hallway. It's always two of them. They all get dispatched equally ridiculously. Like just like, Ooh. and they're all holding guns. Like they've never hold, held a gun before. Just like, one hand, limp wrist, like, you're not going to be able to get off a clean shot like that. And then, you know, they they take forever to find her, and she's being an idiot, like, not anticipating where he would be, and she's really ineffective at shooting him, and at stabbing him, and whatever. Um, there's also no way he's getting into that room undetected. How did he get into the building in the first place? Did he wait until someone opened a door and then follow them? And then how did he get past, like, all the metal detectors and whatever? And then they later say something about, oh, there's a lot of corroborating witnesses. And I'm like, if by corroborating witnesses you mean the security cameras that we saw the camera focus on, like, do I, they don't understand. Like, why is everyone in this movie acting so stupid? I just, I don't know, man. I really couldn't get past it. I like the ending. But I also think that it would have been more effective to show instead of tell a lot of the the things that happened with this guy. Obviously, he seems creepy in the beginning, and a lot of the things that he's doing are seriously messed up. But I, I wish I could have seen something more visual with the abuse that he's putting her through. Not that I really want to watch someone abuse their, their uh, significant other, but... I, I think that just by telling it, you feel a, a degree of separation between what she's telling stories of and and actually like feeling it with her because 
you didn't experience it with her. So I think if they could have allocated some of that time where people were being stupid and not believing her to maybe showing flashbacks or like nightmares or whatever, whatever, it's kind of cliche, but a lot of this is very cliche. So I don't think it would be a bad thing. Um, I don't know. I think that maybe would have, that would have gone a long way, but regardless, I don't think I hated this movie. I wouldn't say that. I just think that a lot of it could have, the, the dialogue and the character stuff could have been brushed up. And I think that the, um, the relationship between the girl and her, um, and Adrian, uh, whatever, I think they call her C in the movie, C and Adrian. So that could have been be maybe more fleshed out. Um, I do think that it could have been paced better. While I think it's interesting to see his whole plan on, on, uh, not unravel, um, unfurl, unfurl, that doesn't really get laid out, like, like be enacted. I think that is interesting to watch. I wish that there had been more, we could have used that same time to explore more aspects of the story before where we were at that point. Um, and then maybe speed up the pace of a lot of the stuff. But but I don't know. I think it was more just how average it was. And just how while the performances are pretty good. The dialogue and the script in general is, is pretty bad. And I mean, I don't know. There's just nothing to write home about. It's just something that I feel like you could skip and not really miss anything. Like, there's no one scene that I can point to. of Like, oh, you have to see this movie for this scene. There's not. I really think that this is one that I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Uh, I do think that Blumhouse is a very hit or miss studio, but I will say they got the game on lock in terms of budgets. And I I think that's really cool that they've found a niche and they're being able to uh, successfully exploit it. So hopefully this leads to more and also hopefully better uh, monster movies like this. But uh I think this is the most effective way to to do the the whole dark universe thing is to not try to turn it into what if Marvel, but with monsters. I think just telling disconnected, equally scary stories that maybe are loosely threaded together. That I think that's the right approach, and I hope that they continue with that. I think that would be much more successful than stuff like the 2017 Mummy movie and uh, Dracula Untold from whenever that came out. Uh, I think that would be much more effective. So I hope to see more of these, even though I didn't totally love this one. It's such a, a vast world with so much untapped potential that I think would be amazing to see fully realized in a modern era. So I'm excited for stuff like the, um, I think it's supposed to be Angelina Jolie at this point. I don't know. There's not been a lot of movement on it, but um, there's supposed to be a Bride of Frankenstein movie with her in it. And then uh, very recently, Ryan Gosling was just cast in uh, the new Wolfman movie as the titular as the titular character, and the director of Bad Education is in talks to direct at least at this point. So hopefully all that pans out. I'd be excited to see it, even though I didn't love this. I'm excited to see more. Um, so there you go. There's still my my little bit of positive spin, but in general, um, not not super positive on this one. Oh. All right, everyone, I, uh, I'm, I'm ready to, to get out here, but uh, before I go, I would like to do a quick grateful, and that is I'm grateful for progress. Very broad, I know, but 
I think you'll hear more about it later if everything goes according to plan. I'm holding off on a pretty big announcement for a couple days just to make sure everything's running smoothly and to make sure I've ironed out all the kinks and uh, I've provided as much as I can at this point to this project uh, before it's you know ready to go and ready for you guys to experience. Um, I also have like aspects of it that I haven't fully ironed out yet and not just like potential potential bugs or, or like um, errors or whatever, but like actually like other aspects of it that I hope could could come from it. Um, I know I'm being super vague here, but in a couple more episodes, I promise I'll, I'll expand on it in, in more detail and, and I'll let you know everything. But for now, I don't want to say too much, lest it not pan out the way I hope it will. So uh, hopefully big things on the horizon and more broadly, this is obviously specifically related to the podcast uh, in some way. I don't know how, um, but uh, I and just in general in my life, I'm, I'm excited for certain things to be progressing and certain uh, longstanding things that I've been hoping for to, they're actually coming to fruition, um, certain relationships and, and uh, uh, new, new jobs and stuff, new opportunities are, are happening. And I'm really excited about that. And now that we're officially in the summer and all the schoolwork is done, uh, it, there's no better time to to try out some new stuff, so I'm really excited for all that. And I know I'm being pretty pretty facetious and kind of beating around the bush, but I again I do promise there will be more on whatever I'm alluding to uh, in in a couple more episodes. So just hang in there. I think you guys are are gonna like it. In the meantime, if you like this show and you want to hear more, consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. I post these pretty regularly. And with the summer coming fast, I can't see that slowing down. So, so yeah, subscribe if you want. It, available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to, uh, you can leave a review. You can do it right in app. Five stars really helps out a lot to help my show turn up more in the searches and get more listeners. So thanks. And then if you want to follow the show on Instagram, you can do that at Movies and More Pod. Uh, you can follow me personally on Instagram at gmandrily1. And if you want to email the show with any comments, questions, concerns, or suggestions, you can do that at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. So thank you if you've done all that. And if you're going to, thank you in advance. Uh, so I'll see you next time. But before I get out of here, I just wanted to remind you, he's right behind you. Shoot, that actually sounded better than I thought it would. The, the rhyme, though. Peace. Thanks for listening. Ah, shoot. I can't find the... <laughs> Laying with my laptop is so weird. It's, like, hard to see the screen, hard to control everything. But, but like, it was comfortable. I think I might... I don't know what I mean. I think I might do this again. All right, bye, bye. For real.